Hi, I'm Sam Walsh, producer of Multisite Masters. Welcome to this week's show. This week we have Mark McCulloch joining us. Mark is founder and CEO of We Are Spectacular, a relatively new brand and marketing agency making a big splash in the industry. In this episode, you'll hear how Mark has built his career to date, from working client-side in some very senior brand and marketing positions for the likes of LastMinute.com, Barclaycard, Pret-a-Manger and Yo Sushi, right through to today. Mark shares with us just why he chose to set up and start his own agency, what he thinks are the key things multi-site businesses need to be getting right in terms of branding and marketing, and how he hopes to leave a lasting mark on the high street. Joining us as our host again this week, we also have Jane Sunley. Jane is founder and chair of HR consultancy Purple Cubed, which advises some of the best known names in retail, hospitality and beyond on just how they can harness technology to improve employee engagement. You can contact the Purple Cube team via hello at purplecube.com or through their website purplecubed.com. That's purple as in the colour, C-U-B-E-D, all one word, dot com. This episode is brought to you by Yapster, the mobile chat app for retail and hospitality teams. Some of the UK's biggest retail and hospitality brands are already using Yapster to drive sales, improve job satisfaction and lower staff turnover. To find out more about how Yapster can help your organisation, please visit yapster.info. That's Y-A-P-S-T-E-R dot info. Okay then, on with the show. Over to you, Jane. Hello, I'm Jane Sunley, and today on the show we have Mark McCulloch, who is CEO and founder of We Are Spectacular. I've got to tell you, he's very spectacular. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, Jim. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Just tell us a little bit about your career to date. Give us the whirlwind tour. Um, so, yeah, so basically, um, early on, I uh, started working with the music magazines. So I worked with Loaded and NME um, and all these funky, exciting brands. Um, so I did student marketing for them and I'd studied marketing at university. So it was, you know, no jobs in Scotland really for marketing. So I thought I better have to move where the work is. Did that. Then I was I was at an agency doing that, and I just thought, you know what, the Smeg fridge, the bean bags, all that kind of thing. And I thought I'd really like to, to start an agency. What happened from there was I realised that then no one was going to take a twenty three year old seriously about owning an agency. So I thought I'd better do it like Super Mario Brothers, where I would go through the levels and pick up the stars, and then get to the end level, which was running my own agency. So I went the client route to get that experience. So. Went to lastminute.com, um, where I was head of brand for the world, um, which sounds really grand, but it was just some of the territories. Um, and it was really great because I grew up in an online business. Right. So it meant that you really knew what was happening there. Then went to Barclay Card, um, which is very different um, than lastminute.com, but a great big sort of brand change document, which, you know, a lot of stuff that you do, cultural change, um, hearts and minds of a lot of people that had seen it all before. Some people had been there for 30 years and seen some specky beardy guy coming in to tell them to change the brand. Um, so that went incredibly well. And then I saw an advert for Yosushi and that's when the food and drink thing started. So I saw an advert for senior marketing manager in the back of Marketing Week. So I wrote them a little ransom note as my sort of entry letter and said, help, I've been kidnapped by a bunch of bankers, please send help for me. Um, and luckily enough, it stood out that I then got an interview. 
Um, so it was five interviews to get the job. Wow. Um, really romanced by Robin Rowan, the, the CEO there, who's just wonderful yes, and a real pillar of the, 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 the industry. So working for him was great. It was like the Alex Ferguson of, of uh, food and drink. So, you know, ran my legs off for him a couple of years there. Managed to get on the board at 33, which was great. Okay. Um, and then from there, um, just then decided, right, maybe I needed to move on because I think the job was kind of done there um, at, at that stage. So I looked around and I went to Peter Gabriel's music website, um, going back to the music world. Um, so it then changed into Blinkbox Music. So we flipped that to Tesco. Um, and then once it was flipped to Tesco, they didn't need guys like us anymore because they've got yep. plenty of brand strategists. Yep. And then I started Spectacular Marketing as it was then. Three days in, an advert pump, uh, pops up on LinkedIn and it was for Pret uh, Monji and it was head of marketing for a maternity cover. And I thought, I've got to, mm. I've got to take this, I've got to take it. So yeah, applied for it, very lucky, you know, super lucky with the applicants to get it. Um, and then yeah, just was a sponge, went in and learned from the masters because every other job I had ever had was chasing sales. You know, everyone was down all the time, you were a promotions yes. jockey. Whereas in Pret, you seemed to open the doors great stuff happened. Yeah. So it was a real nice way to round off the client phase before then starting uh, We Are Spectacular as it is oh, now. An endlessly cool career. Not bad. So tell us about <laughs> Spectacular, tell us what you do. At yeah, so basically um, we started off and as I say I had this thought from an early age that I really wanted to, to be in an agency and what I found fascinating was when I went into the food and drink sector um, CJ Peach, for example, were holding these great conferences. And it was almost like, I don't know if anyone goes to church, but it's almost like going to church when you're a younger person, where the older people are going, oh, new blood, you know, what, what do they know, get them to join everything. And it was like that, because I was from outside the industry, people were interested in what I knew, that from banking and travel and online. And yeah. So from that perspective, um, I started thinking, well, I wonder what the agency model's like out there. I wonder how many agencies there are, etc. And what I found as I was going through that, you know, sort of process of being a client, I found that most agencies were either overpriced or inexperienced and not very good at what they did. And mainly it was PR agencies plus. Yes. And that's that's all that there was in the industry. And then we couldn't afford the bigger, more glitzy satches and satches of this world and, and all that. So I had this thought brewing for four or five years before I started this to say, actually, if I could create a business model that was economical, so not many overheads, and everyone got access to senior people, not the account managers, etc., then that might work. Um, so I started Spectacular Marketing as it was, and it was just me. And what I did was I started in Covadis, like a little yeah, club on Dean well. Street. Yeah. And the thing was another cool thing. Well, it was super cool, <laughs> but it was it was more being Scottish on money, really. <laughs> when I found out how much or how little it was, so I said, "Can I join?" Yes. How much is it? I think it was six hundred pounds a year. And then he said, "Actually, you've got the international rate." I said, "What, what do you mean?" I lived in Milton Keynes, and that qualified <laughs> you for the international rate. So which out was of London amazing. you are. <laughs> um, so at the time, and then so yeah, so three hundred pounds, six pounds a week for a desk, pretty much. And you just used it. I said, you realise I'll be here all day, every day. Yep, not a problem. Amazing. Just say a nice thing about it. So I started Table 14 there. Um, and clients like coming 
to you because it was a nice place to be yes. and maybe end of day or a nice breakfast. Or, so we did that. And then what I did was I basically had a team sheet, like a football team, and said, right, what are all of the verticals I could possibly ever need? So employee engagement, media planning, experiential, uh, creative, video, and then, and then. And then I had an A team, a B team, a C team, and a D team for that in terms of rates. And then all I did was I would take a day rate for the strategies, a grand mm-hmm. word, but the thinking. Um, and then I would pull the, the right people in for the job. So it meant you didn't have to be paying all these people that weren't working. And these people were boutique agencies where you always worked on founders. So that went incredibly well from that perspective. So we started to see that was a model that could work. And then before long, to be honest, I was getting a little bit um, a little bit lonely, I think, you know, just being myself. And I sort of thought, well, Leo and James, who are now my business partners, they were always my creative guys throughout my career. And basically when I was talking to them, they were like, well, why don't we just get together a bit more? Chance had it, they had a spare desk in Marketplace, just being Oxford Street. Mm-hmm. So I moved in um, and, you know, paid them a, a little bit or, you know, brought in work that then would yes. pay for it. Yes. And then sort of started from there. So then we formed We Are Spectacular and then we started to see that we needed to take on some staff. It was getting busy. So, um, but we always wanted to make sure that we never um, hired ahead of the curve mm. because, you know, it was bootstrapped. Well, yeah. You know, we don't have any investors or anything like that. So we just wanted to keep it kind of tight. But now um, we've moved to a, a nicer, bigger kind of warehouse place just off Oxford Street as well. Um, and there's 14 of us now, in fact, 15. So we just started Spectacular Social last Monday um, with a guy called Mark Weir. So Mark is a fabulous uh, social media guru. We'll be hoping to get him in at some point and just the stars aligned the other week where he just said, right, I'm ready to, to join something, can I move on? So we'll make him you know, the, the lead of that business. And then hopefully that'll be another sort of um, sales channel for us that we can hopefully build that. The plan is five million in five years. That's what we'd like to do with that. And again, it's just in the food and drink sector, you know, I think it's starved of really good creative because the, the, the money just isn't there. Yeah. And also the speed and the turnaround, the briefs are sometimes really thin. So, you know, I think it's just accepting all those things and being able to help clients out. Um, but on the social media side of things, and we talked about it yesterday at the MIA conference, you know, the amount of sort of disrespect or disbelief in how good digital could be for you. And the food and drink industry is staggering. Yeah. You know, they're spending the money yes. in all the wrong places. So I think our hope is that, you know, we'll just prove that wrong and also become the sort of standard of how you run your marketing yeah. strategy and your kind of strategy. You run your business very similarly to the way I run this one, actually, yeah, yeah. now listening to you. So who do you work with? Yeah, so well, we're really lucky. Um, we've actually had five new wins in the last two weeks and okay. 15 new projects. Great. So, wow. yeah, okay. there's some coffee being drunk um, <laughs> at the moment, some late nights. So at the moment, um, yeah, I mean, who are we working with? We've got Fuller's were client number one for us. So in terms of the the inns and the hotels. So, you know, we have done everything with them from brand strategy all the way through to, you know, um football game uh, sorry, rugby games on for, for London Pride and things like that. So it's a real white gamut. Um Costa Coffee internationally uh, we've been working with. So local store marketing um kits all the way through to um doing social media posts a year in advance. So doing this like 
almost predict in the future, so that was quite exciting. Um, SSP we do a lot with, so okay. Upper Crust, the least of France, right. James Martin Kitchen, we help them create, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'm just trying to think who else, yeah, it's sort of dry up. It's kind of trying to name all your oh, that's kids. Quite yeah, there's quite a few, really, quite a few yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so there's an awful, an awful lot of that stuff going on. Um, and yeah, there's a few really exciting ones, hopefully, about to drop in. And um, is a really big one for us as well, actually. So, yeah. Um, we've got a great client there in Adam and, and you know he's been tasked with almost what I was at you you know sort of make us you know future proof yes. make us cool for the future and we've repositioned them in this area called Bangkok now so it's then given them a license to be a lot more current yes. rather than you know a lot of the Bissabas of the past were a lot more spa like and yes. sanctuary and zen yes. and all that stuff so yeah so yeah Good. lots and lots going on okay so you mentioned the marvellous Robin Rowland, who yes. recently is going to do one of these podcasts oh, soon, which is good. Tell us who else is, uh, who you admire and who's influenced your career. Um, in food and drink? What, wherever you are. Like, outside. Really. Um, so I guess there's, I'll, I'll probably start at the current day. Um, and when you're running your own business, you know, you it's quite lonely at times. You know, although I've got two business partners and all the rest of it, you've got no one stretching you, pushing you, maybe even telling you you're wrong, you know, all these kind of things. So I think it's about that self-awareness side of things. So there's sort of two people in my life that, you know, are really, one's virtual and mm. one's non-virtual, uh, real, I guess, in, in yes. real life. Um, so one is Robert Bean. So Robert um, is a brand and advertising guru and he is his brand process that, you know, we work with him on and, and we use bits of for our clients. Now, he was the marketing manager at BT. Um, when it's good to talk happened. Okay. So that's where he started to learn about his brand process. He also worked on Ultimate Drive Machine BMW, Pair of Dreams Honda, Make House Home Home Base, and he's just a wise, sage advisor. So I go to him, you know, just whenever, you know, there's nothing set, but I'd, he's just great. For whatever reason, we, you know, we're, we're a bit of an odd couple. You know, he's extremely, you know, posh and educated and all these things, and I'm not many of those things. So sitting down with him, it's just a real good therapy session where I can talk to him about the business. And he's bought and sold ad agencies in the 80s and 90s when the times were good, when the times were bad, and I can just take, take that from him. The other one, um, which is a virtual one and a bit of a fanboy, is a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, so Gary um, is just a huge influence on me. So daily vlog, daily blog, um, and... Uh, just a ruthlessly brilliant businessman and digital strategist. So all of his advice is just, you know, diamond. So anything I can consume of his podcast, you know, blog, whatever, I'll take it, books. Um, but we were so lucky. Um, I tweeted them a wee while ago and they were starting a London office. And I said, um, hi, and we're going to be neighbours. If you need some help getting business, we'll show you around. Or anyway, they got back. He's, he's guy that leads London got back. And we've uh, formed like a fabulous relationship. Yeah. So, you know, and also we're trying to work together in some capacity, but they're big league. I think their minimum retainer is something like 30 or 40 grand a month. So they're like really up there. Okay. Um, but then I got a call um, that Gary was coming to London to speak and I was going to go and see him. And Eric said, uh, Gary wants to see you um, for half an hour. And this guy charges like 10 grand a meeting or whatever, you know, but it was just a free. So just sat down with him and just took all the advice and got into one of his daily D things and yeah, it was just really exciting. So um yeah, I'm a bit in love with him. I guess it's a, a bromance <laughs> Man crush, thing yeah, happening. Absolutely. But yeah, so that, that would be my two at the moment. I mean other other ones I think um 
that probably deserve a shout out. I think you know Cameron Forrester at TGI Fridays mm. from taking something that was not in a good shape to, to, to actually delivering and doing it on the sales front. Um, David over at Wagamama as well, same job, seeing, doing it properly, sticking to the plan, spending the proper money, manning up, womaning up, you know, all that stuff, that focus, that's where it brings you. And I think so many people in the industry want to shrink a business to greatness and it just doesn't happen. You're going to have to invest. Um, and then I think people like Peter Martin, you know, and, and Christine, you know, they've been such a huge support for me. Um, when I was starting out, throwing me the odd bone, letting me speak somewhere, be on a panel, writing content. And then, yeah, the other guys as well, you know, Propels, the MCs, all these guys, I mean, they're very kind to, to, to ask me to write things or present or, you know, and, and I don't think they'll know how much, you know, it's really appreciated because it's a huge deal for a small business to get that level of, you know, sort of promotion, I guess. It's interesting, though, when you start your own business, people do kind of crawl out the woodwork and, and mm. offer you help that yeah. you would never have expected. Yeah. And, you know, then obviously it's karma and we all give it back yeah, yeah. And, and it's how it all works, really, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So um, how about um, a little bit of advice for people who might be listening to this mm. who are in their multi-site business? Mm. Where do they go wrong with mm. this stuff, apart from not investing adequately? Yeah. And, and any sort of hints and tips that they could start to look at as a quick win, if you like? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few things. One is... Um, Starting at the start, we, we like to, if we can, start with our client at the brand side of things. Yes. Now, so many brands are coming to us that they're cheesed off with their agency, they've spent so much with them, they come to you wanting the job properly done and they've got no money left because they've spent it. Yeah. So I, I think there's they're making mistakes at that girlfriend, boyfriend, 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 whatever stage where they're, they're, they're picking the right partner with the chemistry and the... So I think it's do your homework on your agency first. Yeah. What have they actually done? You know, what have they actually um, made a difference in? Because people will say, oh, that website looks great, but that doesn't count for anything if you sell zero, right? Exactly. So from that perspective, I, I think there's a lot there. Um, I think then it's about having the right level of people on the project, whatever that project is. Because again, you get the real juniors that have never done it before. So then the output... You know, can be the same, yeah. and if and if you give an agency the path of least resistance, a lot of them will take it. You know, because why would they want to challenge it, make it the best work ever? If everything they send the clients, oh yeah, that's great, signed off next. So it, it's the client's job as well to push you yeah. to to you know get a project in mind at the moment, um, which is a really exciting one. We'll be able to say more about in the future, but you know they're making us do the best work of our life, and right. we're real fanboys of that brand. Yeah. You know. So, start at the start, I think it's your brand promise. So, what's your brand DNA? Can you sit down with a, a brand DNA strand, which I'd be more than happy to, to send to you, you can tweet out or whatever, and say, look, you know, can you see what your brand name and your brand logo is, your positioning statement, your brand personality, your brand tone of voice, what are, importantly, what are you on the inside? What's your brand in two words on the end? What's everyone getting up for, apart from minimum wage or living wage, right? So, they don't do that work. And then if they do do that work, the marketing team runs off with it, or even worse, it sits in a drawer, and then they don't engage everyone in the message. So you've got this two-headed monster that you've got people just delivering business as usual, and then the brand guys and girls, or market guys and girls, with some fabulous new advertising. So, you know, I think, and then that's the inflection point. So then with any activity that you do from there, it can go 90 degrees wrong. And that's why there's bad campaigns, people get fired, something doesn't work because they don't know who they are in the first place. Yes. Um, and then after that, 
to be honest, it's a bit like being a GP for us. We go in and where does it hurt? You know, all my Twitter's agony, right? Okay, and then you dig a bit deeper and you find out it's terminal, right? So you need major <laughs> surgery to, yeah. to, to, to reboot this thing. Yeah. So I think it's just then it's, it's about the agency being forensic and actually adding value and not always, not being a diva, but not just taking the brief at face value and people saying, I want a nice new website. But it's your job to then say, well, why? And what's either the brand payback or the financial payback? And then you can address it from there. I think the other thing that's really undervalued as well is local store marketing. Um, and no one seems to do it that well. So Pret were quite good at it. They had, they had a book, but it ended up most of the time just doing postcards and things like that. Um, and also I think Nando's were pretty decent at it. But we created this model, which was born out of reality from Robin um, speaking loudly down the phone at me one time about Poland Street sales being down. Um, and then that's where that started was, well, what if this was our business? How many bits yes. of sushi do we have to sell at this low cost to then make this work? So so I think it's all, all along the way, um, there'll be things going wrong that then impacts the, the whole picture. But not forgetting, I feel sorry for this guy, the pressure's immense. There's probably two of them running 60 stores or 20 stores or 30 stores or 300 pubs or whatever it is. Um, they're just trying to keep their jobs. And there's so many CEO-pleasing tasks that happen as well, rather than what actually is going to sort of make the difference. And it's a, it's a real tough spot to be in because you could potentially lose your job if you buck against that. Mm-hmm. And you have to be a certain level to be able to then be brave enough to go out yeah. and do it. But it's not terrible. I mean, I think it's better than it's ever been out there in terms of market acumen and all these things. I mean, when I came into it seven or so years ago, I was literally rubbing my hands going, we're going to clean up because it was the worst advertising, the worst fonts, the worst typesetting, the worst campaigns. And yeah, it's came a long way, but, you know, we're, we're a fifth, you know, fifth or tenth of the way there. Um, but I think it's about people taking it seriously and also the people working in those jobs not finishing at five o'clock, not finishing at six o'clock yeah. and doing the extra hours to be great at your job. Really great. And there's very few out there that are, that are sort of working yeah. like that. And of course the other side of the coin is to engage those people in the first place so that yeah. you know, they love what they do and they, they want to use their hearts and minds to do things Absolutely. that they're not told to do. Yeah. And you must find, as I do, so a lot of people thinking they can kind of hand it down the line and people just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, you know, it doesn't work. It's no. not a quick fix, is it? No, and interestingly on that point, you know, with the millennial and eventually centennials coming through as well, it's really different how it works now. And when I was, so an old man, but when I was, you know, in jobs and younger and stuff, you'd say to, your boss would say to you, get that done. You'd do and it. you'd go, how high, yes. when, yes. you know. And now it's, you know, it happens in our office where I'm saying to guys, right, I need this done. And it's always tight if I'm asking them, you know. Um, and then they're like, why do you want me to do that? You know, and there's a what's in it for me thing, and then, but it's just taking that deep breath and then thinking, actually, if you know, communications out with received, I've got to figure out how they exactly. want to receive it, um, exactly. and, and just work to that. But yeah, I'm I'm still learning on that score yeah. because long emails don't work. They don't, no, they don't. I mean the world is just a very different place, and we're still doing things the way we did pre-technology. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. but we could go on about that forever. Yeah. <laughs> so just go back to Pret and Yo because obviously yeah. they're very respected. They've yeah. been around a long time. Sure. How do they keep it fresh and exciting and successful? Um, well, I think there's a couple of things. So Yo, I guess, was 98, 99, something like that, maybe 97. And then, uh, yeah, press 31 years or something. Um, I think it was just about having a really solid vision. And also there's this thing, 
I think it was Sir Charles Dunstan, he said, um, if you're doing it first, you're doing it for the customer. If you're doing it second, you're doing it for yourself. And how many Me Too's are there out there of Yosushi or Pret or whoever, you know, and they're all just copycatting. Mm. And then they wonder why they can't beat Pret. You know, so I think it's, they just had a clear vision at the time. Also, it's like buying a house in Shoreditch 30 years ago. It wasn't that competitive mm. then. You know, it was something really new. So this generation coming through now has sort of grown up with it. Yes. What will be interesting is the next phase, you know, when it's day for the choice of everything, will those brands be as dear to them? What was really funny was that uh, Robin was on a panel, uh, one of these things, CG or something, and uh, he was on the panel with a Domino's guy. Uh, I think it was Chris, the head of Domino's at the time. And he says, um, he says I love reading... Chris said, I love reading the births in the newspaper because I know every time someone is born, it's a new Domino's customer. And it was like, that's interesting. Okay. But then Robin was so excited because he was like, we'll flip that another 10 years and hopefully with health and obesity and all these things that actually, you know, it will be more likely to be a, a sushi customer. So I think, you know, why they've, how they've got it right is, you know, strong concept. There was nothing like it, genuinely nothing like it at the time. Clear defendable territory. Um, also, just, you know, strong brand values, strong brand. Um, and the cultures that they've created in there, the people really want to work there. They could make more money going to one of the other brands. They could make more money in an office job. They could, but they seemed, it's just one of those love brands that you just want to be part of, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think they've done such a good job at keeping that tight and consistent. And the thing about Pret's so exciting, you know, I remember we were having a chat one at the time and they were saying, we could give the Pret playbook, and it happens when people leave and go to other organisations, you could take physically every bit of Pret documentation you've ever had and take it into a new organisation. They just wouldn't execute it as well. No. It just, it's there's this magic yeah. thing that I, because you know, I get asked almost every day, why is Pret so good? Why are the people so, and I'm like, do you know what? I could tell you, you know, sort of process-wise, why? Can't tell you a little bit. Just can't. It's just it's magical. Culture, isn't it? Really magical. Yeah. And you know, Andrea and the guys are are doing such a great job there. And you know, so much so that question time the other night, someone got really you know uh, uptight about Brexit and stuff, and, and she she blurted out, um, "Who's going to make a coffee at Pretty Much?" <laughs> you know, it's like possible <laughs> problems. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's it's they, they've just done an amazing job. They'll endure for a while, I hope. Exactly. So, yeah. So let's have a bit of future gazing as our last question. Mm. What's, what's next on the high street? What's happening? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, well, I think there's this nice almost line drawn above everyone that's out there at the moment. You can see a lot of them in the, in the street here. And I think something new's got to happen. Something really new, something really different. And I think we've all been used to this acceptable level of food in the high street. Um, but what's not happened is that better, you know, at scale, mm. where, you know, you go into you know, Greg's or Pret with them, there's a hot fridge user, I guess they're called the hot langers, um, and food starts to degrade, and, you know, so I think at lunchtime we've been used to a certain quality, and I think two things are going to happen. One is someone's going to crack how to deliver the best tasting food at scale. Yes. And I think that's going to be a huge challenge. Because sure, you can do it in a one independent shop and you'll pay through the nose for it, nine yeah. quid for a loom or whatever, but, or an avocado smash thing. But I think at scale, it'll be super interesting to see how that happens. And I think 
like a Leon, you know, the Leon was so ahead of the market, and then eventually the market and then met. And I think that's going to happen. Someone's going to have to have deep enough pockets to brave it out there. Yes. To, to do it that way. And I think the second thing's got to be the technology, self-service, things like that. So you see in the States, Eatsa is, is happening where it's the quinoa bar. And basically there's just lots of plastic flaps, if you like. You turn up, it sort of flashes, you open it and, and you take it away. And I think, but I do think the technology might go too far. Mm. And I think still people want human interaction. Yes. And if you are, you know, probably, you know, in a bad state of mind, sitting in a cubicle in the city, 12 hours a day, no human contact, stress every minute of your day, you probably do want to say hello to someone. So mm-hmm. I think having that choice out there will be interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think people's expectations on lunch are, are going to get bigger and breakfast as well. Um, and I think only more people are going to be eating out, you know, less and less and less. You know, I'd be worried if I made frying pans at the moment, right? Yeah, but, you know, because yeah. it's going to yeah. go the other way. Yeah. Um, and then I think, yeah, technology is going to play a part, but only when it's seamless. And at the moment, we're at this Betamax clunky Quite there, step. Is it? No. But I think it will happen. So, yeah. Good. Excellent. Mark McCulloch, thank you very much for joining us. And you'll be able to hear more from Mark because he's going to be on the, in the interviewer's chair soon. Yeah, really looking forward to that. So, thanks, Jim. Thank you to our guest, Mark McCulloch, founder and CEO of We Are Spectacular. If you want to get in touch with either Mark or Jane, you can find their contact details on our website, multisitemasters.co.uk. Thanks also to our episode sponsor, Yapster, the mobile chat app for retail and hospitality teams. To find out more about how Yapster can help your organisation, please visit yapster.info. That's Y-A-P-S-T-E-R.info. We hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to welcoming you back for next week's episode. As ever, you can email me via producer at multisitemasters.co.uk with any feedback or suggestions you might have for future guests. Thanks. <laughs>